The following program was produced by a community producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the community producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. Good evening, Malden. Welcome to 02148 Live. My name is Mike Sharon. I am your host for the evening. It is my great pleasure to be here tonight. I come into your living rooms once a month, every third Wednesday of the month, which brings us to tonight, Wednesday, July 17th. I'd like to thank Ed Lucy for allowing me to be uh, one of the hosts on this great show. And we got a great show for you tonight. I am pumped up about this. Uh, well known to many of you out there in Malden and, uh, and beyond, and it is my great pleasure to announce singer, impressionist, the incomparable, and may I add now, brand new author of, of the book called Good Things Are Supposed to Happen to You. Without further ado, welcome Joey Noon. Hi, Michael. How are you? Joey Voices, as well, as everybody knows. It's great to see you, man. Great to, to have you good on. Good to see you, brother. Always, man. How's that? I'm excited about this, man. So am I. I'm so, very excited. It's so been three proud years of you. in the making. And uh, it's been a, it was a tedious task. Getting the first book out is always the, the toughest task. I got five books I've written, and I'm always always continuing to start new books, which is good. And once you start writing, it's one of those things that uh, you, you can't stop. It's You always have something to look forward to when you become an author because you're always adding – I look at it as adding value to the world, you know. Yes. And uh, you know. Yeah. Does the other stuff bring? You know, you you. It's a labor of love. Yeah. You're writing other books, and yeah. then you got to go through some of the red tape, some of the tedious stuff. Does well, it, it's it's learning. First of all, learning how to get a learning the publishing process. Yes. You know the editing process and. You know, you, you get really good at English. <laughs> you really gotcha. do. Yeah. You get good at learning. The, you know, you think you're good. At, I was good in English in high school. Yes. But when you don't use it for, for so long. Right. You know, you. Especially today's world, which is everything is, exactly. you know, texting. And, yeah. And so when you, when you write, you learn about things that you wouldn't even think of. Like, you know, uh, when you put the word et cetera. Uh, you know, you, you and you want to put a, a semicolon after it. Yeah. You know, you, you or or even a comma. You have to put the period first and then the comma. Like that's a lot of people. Most people probably know that. I, I didn't realize that. And I'm a very good speller. Yes. Uh, you know, but you learn where to use commas. I remember you I learned, won the third grade Glenwood Elementary Spelling Bee. Yeah, Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. You still how have did that. You know that. How did you know that? I'm a Glenwood alum. Wow. You know that. A little ahead. Unbelievable. Uh, um, yeah. So. Uh, but it's, it's the little things that you learn. Like, I, I learned, Bob Hilberg is a very close friend of mine. He wrote the book, uh, Patriots Encyclopedia, yes, Total yes. Patriots. Bob taught me something when I started my endeavor on writing my first book. And he said, just remember a few things. He goes, one of the main things is every thought deserves its own sentence. He goes, so remember that. He goes, if you keep using commas too much, you're not giving people 
a chance to stop and consider what they just read. Ah, Run on sentences are, yeah. are, are no no. Well, they're counterproductive. Yeah. You know, and, and when you when you say something, especially when you say something powerful, you want to give it a period and let the let the person chew on it a little bit and then move on. And that's that's how the brain works anyway. Yeah. You know, if you keep putting commas and run-on sentences. So when you go back over your manuscript, you have to really look at that stuff. So I'm writing a book right now. Uh, I'm almost finished with it. It's about JFK. And, uh, wow. And, and I'm almost finished with it. But as I go through the manuscript, I go over it over and over. you got to go over it 100 times. And as I go over it and over and over it, I look for those things. Yeah. The grammatical things. Because you can't rely on an editor from your publisher you can't rely on him to not make. He's human too, right? And so you got to you got to check check him. You got to check his work. And what I found with this book was, and and I go through Salem Media Group, and they have seventy five radio stations across the country, and Zulon Publishing is a part of Salem Media Group. Sure. They did a basic edit on my first manuscript, and when I got it back, and I over, and I looked over, and I went, "Geez, I got this guy missed things." He was missing things. And, yeah. And he changed a few things. Like, I'll give you an example. Uh, I went to Axe Theological Seminary. Right. I'm a graduate with a master's degree. Seven in years, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's capitalized. Axe Theological Seminary. Gotcha. I went back in, and he changed it, and he he put it all, he, it was all lowercase. Right. Axe Theological Seminaries. And I'm like, this guy, it's like, you got to really, really, if you're going to ever write a book, make sure you double check what the editor does. In fact, I might not even go through, I might not even let him touch uh, my manuscript on the next book because of, of those reasons. Yeah. And because I've learned so much myself on how to edit just in writing my first book. So you learn a lot the first time around, the second time, because you already know what to look for. It's, it's a lot quicker. So. Gotcha. All right. Well, listen, we're going to dig into this book. But if you don't mind, a lot of people know uh, Joey, especially around this area. Yep. Um, but there's a lot of people that are introduced to you tonight. So um, I certainly know a lot about your background. But I was always uh, interested. First of all, you've been performing since you were about two years old, yeah. three years old, oh, right? Oh, you're my neighbor. Yeah. You but, were, we, Michael and I grew up in the same neighborhood. Uh, right, so. right. Um, and you got five years on me. But I, but I wonder. you look five uh, years oh, younger f- than me. Oh, more than five, brother. <laughs> more than five. But, but I always wondered... <clears throat> When you made the decision, did you always know you wanted to be a professional entertainer, which, whether it was a singer, whether it was acting, whether it was, did you know that you were going to uh, take that road as a profession? I knew as a kid that I wanted to follow my passion, and I loved to sing, and I loved being in front of audiences. And I used to imagine myself, I'd be sitting in my kitchen singing, or singing on my roof, on my garage roof to the girl next door. I'd be singing and picturing myself in front of audiences. Like That was what it was going through my head as a little kid. You get a lot of energy as a kid. I was very yeah. hyper. And, uh, yeah. You know, you got to do something with that energy. And when I wasn't throwing rocks at cars and breaking people's windows, yeah. that was just, I was a mischievous little kid. Yeah. I was singing. That was, that was the best part of me. My father always said that was the best part. <laughs> best part of you, Ace, is when you sing. He said, you just keep singing. He said, when you sing, you put smiles in people's hearts. Oh, and you can't put a price tag from your dad. on putting... A smile on somebody's heart, and I'd start singing. He goes, "No, not right now. Wait till I leave." <laughs> yeah. So, He's so a wonderful. Guy. I mean, early was there something that 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 broke you through, though? Did you, you try out for a play out of the blue with the early two thousand? Because right, I mean, Joey has. Well, I did junior know, varieties yeah. in high school. People you did junior varieties in well, high school, was, right? I remember that's, that. That's thirty-one years ago. Uh, yeah, that's on YouTube. 
Uh, that Neil Diamond clip. Fantastic. Of me doing I've seen Coming it. to America. It's yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. I had long blonde hair. I was 15 years old. You had the mullet going on, didn't you? had the mullet going on. Yeah, the Rod Stewart look. But, uh, yeah, so you were doing it then, so you knew you were going to take take it to some level. I didn't but know I what mean, was going to happen. But, I mean, you start, but now you have a uh, professional Vegas-type show. Yeah, I'm just wondering how that evolved from the early days, well, I went, uh, how I went that to, started. I went, I've been mimicking the radio since I was a kid, and um, I, went to, I went to the dentist one day, and my dentist is Dr. Mark Genitasio. You know, yeah, so, yeah. so Dr. Mark was my neighbor growing up. He's older. He's like 12 years older than me. But he's my neighbor. And so when he graduated from dental school, I left Dr. Horn's office and went to Dr. Mark because Dr. Mark was my friend. And I used to go over his house every Christmas Eve and New Year's. And we're very close, our families. So. Yeah. So one day I, I would go in there and I would mimic my impressions. And, and Mark goes, you know who you like? You're like Danny Gans out in Vegas. And I'm like, who's that? He's like, Danny Gans. You got to go out and see him. And so I went out to Vegas and... And I got tickets to go see the guy, and I says, oh, man, I go, That's, this guy's doing what I do, just mimicking the radio. I go, he's made a show out of it, so I, I got to go back home, and that's what I want to do. I knew that was what I wanted to do. And so that was kind yeah, of that trigger point That was there. the trigger yeah, point, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never would have known I'd be a writer. I never would have guessed that. Um, becoming a writer, uh, I, was, I just I had a lot to say when I, when I graduated seminary. I had this degree in theology, and then I, I started studying. I had a radio show on 1510. WMEX, yeah. Yep. The Joey Voices radio show. And it was based on, you know, the principle of every seed you plant has a harvest. The energy you put out yeah. is going to create something. And if it's negative energy, it's going to create something that's not so good. But if it's good energy, it's not going to come back void. It's going to create something great. And when you put good energy out there, you don't realize... When you put good energy out there consistently, something good is going to happen. It has to. It's called the law of cause and effect. You cause and effect. And remember that. You cause and effect everywhere you go. And it's in the book. You'll, you'll see it when you get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so when I realized that, I started talking about it on my radio show. And, and then I met my fiance, Colleen. And, uh, and everything that we would talk about, she was, if, well, she goes, have you ever seen that movie, The Secret? And I said, no. And I hadn't. I'd never heard of it. She said, everything you're saying is in that movie. So I started watching it. It was about the law of attraction. Now, I'm very skeptical when it comes to things outside of the biblical realm. However, I understand the principle that all goodness comes from God. And science is not anti-God. Of course God not. created science. And every, everywhere in the Bible that it talks about science, it is 100% correct. In fact, it precedes a lot of the scientific findings we have today. I won't go into that, but... It does. I'll write, a, I'll write that in a book someday and, okay. and put that out. But, um, so we started talking. I watched that movie a thousand times. Not exaggerating either. Ask Colleen. A thousand times. I, I obsess. When I get into something, I obsess over it to the degree that I want to flip over every rock and I want to investigate every nook and cranny obsessively until I am satisfied that I've gotten every piece of little tiny knowledge I can get out of it. I've squeezed every drop of water that I can get out of that sponge. And you have to be that way in life if you're ever going to be successful at anything. You just have to. Well, you talk a, a bit about that, too, yeah. uh, more than a bit. Um, yeah, so, and that brings us to when you, so that kind of triggered you in an, another direction, yeah. and, and, and quantum physics, and well, you, you started I studying. I saw the parallels. I saw the parallels between what quantum physics, the law of attraction, and what 
the principles that Jesus taught. And I saw the parallels and I, they started jumping off at me off the, off the page. Now you have to consider, most quantum physicists come at quantum physics and the law of attraction from a scientific, purely scientific standpoint. I was coming at it from a theological standpoint right. of what I knew from my educational background in seminary. And the Bible was our textbook, the King James Bible. So when I'm looking at this stuff and I'm learning about it, everything that I'm, I'm learning something is jumping out at me. And I'm going, wow, there's parallels here. Wow. And I had to investigate deeper. I go, I have to dive deeper into this because there's something there. And, and I, I know that I can connect the dots. Yeah. If there's one thing I learned about life is this. If you can connect the dots looking backwards, because hindsight is twenty twenty, right. then you can certainly connect the dots looking forward. You can. You have to have good insight, good foresight, and you have to have knowledge. And you have to knowledge is the precursor to experience in life and anything that you embark upon. So I did that. I started looking into it. I started studying it. And... Once I started studying it, the deeper I went, I'm like, I got to write this down. I got to share this knowledge with people. Like, but I don't know how to write a book. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I started looking it up. And one thing stood out to me that kind of encouraged me was they said, there's no real right or wrong way to write a book. As long as, you know, you, you're grammatically correct and yep. all that. But, yep. Get your thoughts down. But your thoughts are your thoughts. And, 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 you know, there's no proper way to... Here's the rule book. Here's the blueprint. Exactly. How you write. If you no... know how to, conver if you can write conversely, and where people are reading it and you're leading them along and you're having a car, like it's like you're having a conversation with them. So throughout the book, I'll ask questions. I go, you know, did you ever do this? Yes. Did you ever do that? Yeah, very interactive, the book. It's an interactive yeah. book. And that's how you, that's the most interesting Engaging way to write. The yes. reader. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I... So I started writing like that and, uh, you know, it just after I wrote the first chat, I looked up the format of of some some of my favorite writers. Sure. And I said, okay, well, there's an introduction, so I'll write the introduction to the book. Okay, and there's a there's a uh, a foreword. Well, I have to find somebody to write the foreword. There's an about the author, so I'll just write a little bit about who I am, and you know, I'll write it in the third person as if somebody else wrote. I wrote it. It's, right. You know, right. I, no one no one knows you better than you know yourself. That's right. And your strengths and your weaknesses, right? So I kind of put those in the format and. Once I was done with the first chapter, I said, okay, right about here is a, is a good place to start a new chapter. So I'll start a new chapter. And I thought about the Michael story. And when I thought about the Michael story, I said, this is a perfect chapter for its own story in it, of itself. And I'll kind of elaborate on the principle of, you know, what I talked about in that chapter and whatever. And I got to that chapter. Then after that chapter, I went on to my, my, the, how my brother David... I thought I was going to go to his funeral, and he ended up, you know, God saved his life, and now he's a preacher, he's a minister. Yeah, well, I mean, that's very powerful. Unbelievable, but very that's powerful. how the book kind of yeah. developed and grew, yeah. and that's how I learned how to write a book. I kind of taught myself by trial and error, and, and, and you but, know, and it came out pretty good. And everybody that read the manuscript, and uh, Rico Petroselli read the book. And, yeah, I want to get I want to get to that forward because yeah, yeah. that's one of my legends. Before, and we're going to go right back to this book. I just want to say to people that haven't seen Joey uh, perform live, one of the things I've always been impressed with, especially this day and age, is how clean your show is. Yes. Right? No profanity, which yeah. is rare today. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that, you know, I go to shows and I'm not offended when, yeah. when comedians use profanity yeah, or whatnot. Yeah. It could be very funny. Like but Joey's... Yeah, it's a dull. But you, you have meat, a, you chew the meat and you throw away the bones, yeah. right? <laughs> but you have a um, a clean show, which I think yes. is is worth telling people. Uh, yes. Which means you could take your your kids to. Well, my motto is it doesn't have to be filthy to be funny. 
And it's I, uh, I look at my show mother. as more humorous than stand-up comics are funny. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I look yeah. at my show as humorous. I try to kind of tickle your funny bone a little bit. I try yeah. to change lyrics around yes. and kind of get you to see the creativity there in a little bit. And the show evolves and evolves over time, and it's it's a lot of fun. And, and it's what's great about it is you could come back six, seven times and sing some of the same songs that I go over, like with Neil Diamond, Sweet right. Caroline. Right, right. Those are the favorites that yeah. people love. And there's certain things I add yeah. to change it up. And if you had seen the show before, you're yeah. going to go, mm, that's new. I never saw that before. Yeah. But you also get to enjoy a lot of the other things that you had seen before. So that's, people enjoy it. They love it. That's and, it. And, and the other, the other part of- successful as a result. Yeah. And the show, you also, it's a very inspiring show because, um, you know, you, you, you go into a little bit about your own life and yes. how you've turned your life around. Yes. And it's all intertwined in this entertainment. My story's very is, deep. Yes. And my story, uh, I'm going to write a book about my life eventually. And I already know what the title's going to be and everything. And, I, and I'm going to write that story. I'm just, I'm not... I'm not ready to write it yet. It's, it's as I know. You got a lot of living to go, don't you? A lot of living to go, but I'm saying, like, just thus far, uh, it's it's emotional. A lot yeah. of things. Everybody's got a story, right? And yeah. To dig deep like that. A lot of like things I've tough. been through, and and, yeah. and my disposition, the way that it is. Yeah. I'm very eccentric in my personality, and sometimes I can be impetuous, and you know, and I've learned over the years, becoming an adult, to to kind of rein that in and to control it and curb it and you know if you're looking at an ADD you're looking at the poster boy for ADD man my, my nickname as a kid was Ricky Riddlin man <laughs> I mean, that was me and, 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 and a lot of people that grew, watch me grow up yeah. will tell you look is he perfect no he's not perfect none of us are perfect and, and, and the people that you grew up with in your hometown are going to see you under a microscope. They're going to see your flaws. Even now they're going to see them, whereas other people won't. And, but you know what? He's come a long way, and he's got a long way to go. And remember something, and I want you guys watching at home to remember this. Who you are right now is not who you were five years ago. You're always evolving. And so true. you don't live there anymore. And for anybody to to prejudge you on your past mistakes is 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 prejudging you based on incomplete information, pretextual information. In seminary, we learn a pretext is a, a, a pre-interpretation of the text before all the facts are in. It's a, it's a, so so they're prejudging you when they haven't seen your best stuff yet, right? And so. The last chapter of the book, write a great last chapter of your life book, and you will leave a legacy that's inspiring to other people. When you look up at God and say, God, why? Why do you let bad things happen? And you know what God says to you? God says, well, why don't you do something, Lord? And God says, I did do something. I created you. Now think about that. You can make a difference. You and me and Michael, you can make a difference in your own circle of influence and let it permeate outward. You may not change the world, but guess what? When you throw a pebble into a, a huge ocean, it makes ripples, and those ripples go far and wide. You can make far and wide ripples from where you are by just doing something wonderful that adds value to the world. You can do it. Do it. Do it. That's my advice to Everybody watching. Good stuff, at home. Joey. Good stuff. See that, Malden? I told you we were packing a punch tonight, baby. Um, that's good stuff, Joey. Thank you, Mike. Um, let's get back to this forward because uh, the forward, you Red Sox fans out there, 
and who grew up in the 70s like I did. Uh, my, my favorite I was, I players. Was, I was little. I'm 47. What are you? 54. You you're 54. Yeah. You're, you're, you look younger than I do. No, stop well, is it? it. Is it the olive oil? It's the, it's the Italian olive oil. It's like I, I had some youth. work done. No. <laughs> um, Rico Petroselli, yeah. literally my favorite <laughs> since I was six years old. Excuse me. Uh, yeah. wore, and I wore number six uh, growing up in my family. Yep. My um, grandfather was a big fan. My mother's father, my grandpa, grandpa Othman, World War One vet. How did you get this guy to do the four? <clears throat> Tell us about I met that story. Him, uh, at the um, National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame, thanks to Billy Spedafora, my friend. Yes. Billy brought me in and introduced me to all those guys. And thank you, Billy. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for people that you grow up with and, you know, people like Billy, you don't get to meet people, somebody like Rico Petroselli. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and I met Rico through the uh, um, National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I also met him through uh, Tom Zappala and uh, Lou Blasio and, and my, my friends up at um, uh, the Sicilian Corner Radio Show, which I host a couple times a year. That I co-host, help them co-host it when Tom's in Florida. Great guys. So I met Rico. We we, we chatted and uh, and you know I he he's a, I found that he's a Christian, and he, Rico you know, he's yeah. been through. He's 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 not you know some guys are private with that stuff. Right. Sure. But he he kind of opened up in his foreword about how I was very moved by his foreword. When you get the book, you read the foreword, you'll see it. It's yeah. Well, it's, he wants to be a website. part of you spreading the message. Yeah. That forward is actually Mike Lawhorn is runs my uh, blacksmith. Communications. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. He runs my website, and and Mark put that up on the website where the where the book is. Uh, if you click on the icon book, it opens up the page for the book, and you can go and buy the book if you want. And um, I'll send you a signed copy, and, and I'll send you a free ebook too, uh, JoeyVoices.com. Uh, but you'll see the forward by Rico Petroselli, and it's just when I read it, I was in tears. I was like, Why is it the Colleen? I go. And she's like, wow, that's really powerful. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's, it's, so. it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Not to mention he did Candlepins for Cash later on. Right? I did he took funny. over for <laughs> <laughs> No, he's a Red Sox legend. Love Rico. Yeah. Uh, that's great stuff, Joe. Thank you, Rico. Uh, and and, and you, you, I think we spoke a little bit before. Is a chance he'll come out with... Yeah, well, do, Phil Castanetti wants to do a book signing yeah. with Rico and myself with this book. And anything Rico wants, if, I don't know if Rico has a book, but if he does, he's going to we'll do that. But Rico uh, will probably do it up at uh, Sports World. Or we may do it at the Kowloon or wherever, wherever, wherever Phil um, wants to do it. But it would be an honor for me to have Rico come out. I mean, he did write the foreword and, and uh, have him sign some books. And, you know, to, to have, have him help me promote that to his fans would be huge. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. We're, we're making that happen. So, Wonderful. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let me just go right to back it up a little bit. You mentioned the Michael chapter. It wasn't about me. Mm-hmm. But one of the things, I, uh, one of the things I, I enjoyed about your book, Joey, because a lot of the stuff is in there. You're sourcing a lot of information yeah. from – from different places. My research. And research, yeah. right. And, and a lot of stuff is out there. But what you did was uh, tell your story of yeah. how it intertwined with how these yeah, things absolutely. worked for you. How when I started studying quantum entanglement, researching it, I, 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 I looked back on things that seemed like ESP and coincidental things that you would just chalk Which everybody this, experiences. You know, oh, yeah, it's just a coincidence. Yeah, everybody does. Everybody's got it. Because it's, it's how your mind works. But there's a science to it. And when I started studying that science, I started to realize and look back on my life, and I went, wow. So that's what that was. All intelligent information travels across the electrified radio airwaves of the atmosphere. 
and it reaches its intended target. When you read, when you read what I wrote about quantum entanglement, and you, you'll understand it because I broke it down to, you know, ground level so people could understand it. It's, yeah. it's not math, it's a philosophy and it's a science and, and, and you can understand it. You're gonna see how powerful you are as a person just with your own thoughts about other people and how they absolutely affect the people you're thinking about, whether you're thinking negatively or positively. It affects people. Because once you make an entanglement with somebody on a kindred level, a kindred spirit, a kindred connection, on a subatomic level, that connection is never broken. And science has proven that multiple times in the lab, uh, and, and that's what quantum entanglement is. And the father, well, the, actually the person who uh, spoke really first about uh, quantum entanglement uh, was, was uh, Nikola Tesla when he said that someday we're going to be able to communicate with each other with no wires. Yeah. And they wanted to lock him up and put him in an insane asylum. They thought he was crazy. And then they ended up discovering it later on that, yes, now we have wireless connection. You have wireless microphones with a receiver that has an invisible connection. It's, that's quantum entanglement. But it comes from us. We, we are able to connect with each other, not consciously in, in a, a powerful way where if you're at home and I'm in my, uh, my house, I can think about you and have you think about me and we can have a conversation. It's not like that. But if I'm thinking about you or telling a story about you to somebody, in that moment, you're automatically thinking about me because I just brought to life my memory in your mind subconsciously. And, and I know this, I talk about it in the book because, and I know it's true because it's happened to me, where the person I was talking about had picked up the phone and a minute later I got a call from that person and they were just wondering how I was doing out of the blue. I hadn't talked to them in six months. And I was talking about them with a friend of mine, this particular person. And, and you went, share many uh, talk about incidents a lot of those that happen. Yeah, a lot of yes. stories that happen like that. And when that. you read it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. It's, 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 yeah, you know. there's a lot to, to yeah, bite in there. a lot to there. digest. How can people get the book? Well, you haven't you even said that. Go to joyvoices.com again, and uh, I'll send you a signed copy, and I'll get, you get a free ebook. So if you go to joyvoices.com, you get the book there. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, speaking of, of strong connections and Strong relationships. We just, uh, you and your family, we, we lost, Malden lost one of their great men. Yes. And um, tell the story, if so, you could. So, uh, former Malden Mayor Jim Conway was one of the, uh, well, I mean, it's, this isn't anything against any of the other mayors of Of course Malden. not. So oh. when I say this, I don't say this to hurt anybody. It's just my personal connection and, and friendship to Jim Conway and his family. Family friend. He he was I think he was the greatest mayor the city ever had because of the kind of person he was and 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 you know and, the, and Malden's had a lot of good mayors so yep. that's saying a lot. Uh, Jim Conway um, called me up about three weeks before he passed away and and he called me up and and those of you watching who knew who knew Mayor Conway you know what he sounded like and so he calls me up and he goes hi Joe Jim Conway how are you <laughs> I just wanted to give you a call and, and see how you're doing and. Uh, and tell you that I love you and thanks for all your kind words. And, uh, you know, one time he called me up two years ago on the 4th of July. And the 4th of July is his birthday. So he calls oh, me up that weekend. Wow. And that's my girl, my fiance Colleen's mother's birthday. Same, she says the same birthday. You know Bob McCartney? Yeah. 
So oh, Bobby's yeah. sister Jean is my fiance Colleen's yeah. mom. So Bobby's her uncle. So he would walk by the house and 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 he would he would say, Hey, how you doing, Joey? <laughs> Tell your lady friend she's lucky. She looks like her mother. She's beautiful. And you know, he's a wonder, he was just beautiful. So he called me up one day and July 2nd, I got the voicemail. And I don't know if I sent it to you, but I found a way to save it through video. And in the video it goes, Happy Fourth of July! Say hello to your lovely your mother and your lady friend. And uh, you know, so he's, he's just singing, doing yeah. a jig. He was always known for that, and he was just awesome. So he calls me up. Long story short, he says, "Do you know the song, Mike?" He goes, "I'm not doing too good." He goes, "My liver's gone," and he goes, "I'm fighting like heck to get better." But uh, he goes, "Do you know the song my way?" I said, "I do, Mr. Mayor." And he goes, "Would you sing that at my funeral?" I said, I sure will. I, says, I go, the honor's all mine, Mr. Mayor. I said, I've never sang the song before. I said, but I'll do the very best that I can, and, and I'll work hard at practicing it, and I'll, I'll do the best version that I can. I go, I don't know if I'm going to sound like Frank Sinatra. I said, but I'm going to try to make the song sound as good as I can, like, like a crooner. And he goes, I don't worry about you, Joey. I know you do a wonderful job. You're going to do great. And he goes, I know you'll do my memory great. And so he wanted me to represent him. What be a his wonderful voice. honor. Yeah. To say goodbye one last time in dramatic fashion, which, you know, he, he lived a great life. And what I loved about Conway was he, he lived a life of service. You know, I learned early on that my father used to say, all, the nucleus of all life purpose is service to others. And you know this better than anybody with the bread of life. You know this. is service to others. If you just pick a path that has something to do with serving other people, I promise you, you will come head on with your life purpose. You will. Because, you, like I told you, you're putting good energy out there. Something good has to come from that. It has to. I mean, it may not happen right away. It may take years for something like that to develop. But, you know, you don't want to rush. You never rush a good chili, right? It's, <laughs> That's nice. Well, I mean, that was a wonderful honor. And you, and I've seen it, and we have the clip tonight. We yeah. want to show the folks tonight. Okay. Uh, by the way, we got uh, intern director Min Do in there doing a fantastic job. Min, if that's ready to go, uh, let's watch Joy Voices with this wonderful tribute. So uh, thank you guys for coming uh, here to celebrate Jim Conway's life. Uh, he's looking down right now. I know he is because he told me he would be. He called me on the phone. It was about three weeks ago. And he's, I answered the phone. And he says, uh, Hi, Joe, Jim Conway. How are you? I just wanted to give you a call and tell you that I love you very much. And uh, I just wanted to uh, let you know I'm not doing too good. And uh, I, I got a favor to ask. He goes, Do you know the song my way? I said, I do, Mr. Mayor. And he said, Would you sing that at my funeral? I said, the honor would be all mine. I go, I've never sang the song before, but I guess certain things are, you know, preserved and saved for special moments like today. He says, I'll do the best that I can with it. And uh, he says, I, 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 no, I don't worry about you, Joey. I have every faith in you. You're going to do a wonderful job. He says, I, he says, when I'm feeling better, we're going to go and we're going to get pizza. I says, well, Jimmy, I says, if that doesn't happen, I says, the first order of business, when I get to heaven, I says, you and I are gonna have pizza with Jesus. He goes, you're on. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, I've been practicing this song. I've never sang it before. I hope I do it justice, and uh, I hope I do this tribute justice. Uh, Jimmy Conway uh, lived a life of service. He didn't live his life to appease other people. He lived his life to serve and to love others. So he truly did do it his way, didn't he? 
Jimmy Conway was the best guy, one of the best guys I ever knew. He was my dad's best friend, and uh, he was always there for my dad and my family. And uh, well, without further ado, here's my edition of uh, My Way. Thank you. Thank you. 
We're back, folks. Wasn't that something? I got to shake your hand, Joey. That was a wonderful tribute to your friend. You nailed it. Not an easy song to sing. A lot of emotion. Uh, You could you could hear the people reacting. Yeah. And uh, you know, we said on the side that that you saw the emotion and and from the family. Yes. And uh, that must have made you feel pretty good. It was wonderful. Yeah. You know, they they said to me when they called because his grandson (laughs) called me. His grandson Mark uh, Silver, Ed Silver's son. Sure. So Mark called me up and he, and he told me and, and he says, and my, my grandfather's last request here is that you sing my way at his funeral. And I says, yeah, he called me about, about three weeks ago and, and we had a very good conversation and about him passing over and it was a really good conversation. And then he asked me to do that and I, I explained it to him. And, and I, I says, he says, well, I, I spoke to the uh, funeral director and he says, uh, you should probably do it at the cemetery. And I said, well, I said, Jimmy wanted the people to feel it. I said, I think he wanted music. I said, so he wanted he wanted really, you know, so he says, well, why don't you do it at the IA then? I said, perfect. Perfect. I go, I'll set my sound system up there. Yeah. I said, and you, you can tell everybody if they want to come back and hear the tribute. They're all welcome to come back. You'll get more people to come back that otherwise might not. You know what I'm saying? Because oh, people right. have other things to do, whatever. Right. Some people, actually, a lot of people came there just to see that tribute because they love Jim Conway so much. You know, yeah, and, uh, quite so an honor. It was, it was, stuff. it was, an, it was my honor to right. do that for him. I was so grateful, and I wanted to just do it right. So you can imagine how nerve wracking that was. But and you nailed it. I was like, you, I felt you. nervous for you when I was watching. I did, cause I wasn't there, but but you know, Peter said, "Oh, he nailed it," and then I'm like, "Well, Peter Levine wrote me a text right. and says I give you the biggest hug anybody's ever given you if I was there right now. You nailed it." Yeah, and it made me feel really yeah. good because you know, because yeah, Peter's not a hugger. Peter, <laughs> P- P- Peter, for Peter to say that. Oh, was, I know. You know he meant it. So. Uh, of course, yeah. And yeah. hey, the proof is in the pudding. Absolutely. Go, Thank it's you. right there. Thank you. For you to watch. Yeah. Wonderful performance. Thank you. Um, and wonderful tribute to your friend. Yeah, and my dad's best friend. And, yeah. Uh, you know, him and Jim and his wife, Ann, you should go away with my parents. And, uh, you know, Dickie Zampatella and Ginger. Remember Dick Zampatella? Yeah. Dick Zampatella, he used to own Glorious Foods. Oh, yeah. So, so they were all best friends. And they used to all go away a lot, like every year to Ruber and... They had the best time. My father was Jim Conway. Father would have, they, well, they're looking down on you. Yes, then, right, Joey? My dad was Jim Conway's city solicitor uh, under the Conway administration in the, the, the mid to late seventies or early eighties. Right, and uh, you know they, they, he took very good care of my dad, and, and uh, you know my dad loved him with all his heart. So good, but Jim Conway outlived just about everyone, but he never outlived his purpose, which was service. Yeah, I love what you others. said about that yeah. uh, in tribute. And that was a great thing that happened to you. See, good things happen to you. Put good happened energy to out Joey. there. There's the back. Show him the back. Right? So it's a great book. Good-looking picture. Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, was, I mean, I got I to gotta stay, stay in shape. Are you in fighting weight? Are you right now? <laughs> you look two, good here. I weigh 226 right now. That's probably about what I weighed right there. Okay. I'm in good shape. I'm still working out. That's but uh, I got to stay in shape for the stage. There's one leaving in five minutes. Hey, I got no respect. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Let's, I want to get to a couple hey, of your... I got no respect at all. <laughs> I'll tell you, yeah. <laughs> My wife and I, we were happy for 20 years. Yeah. Then we met. <laughs> here we go. We're going to go off the rails, folks. Uh, no, quick. Uh, this... 
I, I encourage everybody. There's something for everybody in this book yes. that you can grab That's onto. Why I, I there's wrote a it lot. That way. And I said to you because I was reading it, and uh, so Joey, I didn't even finish it. I'm, I'm jumping ahead. And I felt like I was rushing at the end. Yep. And I finished it. and I said, Well, I, I'm going to go back. I got to go back. There's a lot to, to and, and chew the, on. The good thing about the book is you can always go back. Yeah. And read it again. Yeah. Well, you give homework. You get in the book. more out of it. I give homework in the book. See that? I, I, I want to scare people, paper, but it's. In, I ask questions. You say I stop. I like that. Did you just read that? Stop, this, grab a stop, piece of paper, a piece of paper yeah, or, like or, or notebook, write down these questions, yeah. ask yourself these questions. Now, if you want to get the most oriented. Right, yeah. right. It took a long time for me to, to write it and to put it out. Now, I didn't, I purposely didn't want to write a book that was, you know, three, four hundred words because a lot of people don't have the attention span to read a book that long. I wanted to get to the point... And say in, never say in seven words what you can say in four. That principle. I was following that principle. Yeah. And so the book is about 145 pages long, which is perfect yeah. in length. It's a good uh, read. You could read this book in a day, and you're going to get a lot out of it. Uh, it's a good summer reading book as well. And um, I Take it to the beach. Yeah, I encourage you to buy it. I encourage you to read it. And I encourage feedback. Anything that you got out of it, I encourage feedback from that because that's encouraging to me. You know, there's always, a, everyone's got that little kid inside them that needs that encouragement to continue on doing what they're doing. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm adding value to the world. I know that uh, I have every faith that, I'm, that people are going to get something great out of this. And uh, please spread the word about it once you buy it and read it. Tell everyone about it so they can experience that and, and, and learn the things that, that I've researched and studied uh, that I've been applying to my life. It's not the easiest thing in the world to change your thinking. No. To reprogram your mind. It takes work. Right. And, and, and sometimes you're going to experience minor setbacks because life happens in real time. And, and sometimes you can get into a rut. And, but happens you know, to the book is there. The yeah. principle is there. You can always go back to it and continue on practicing it. Well, talk a little and, bit and, about and that. you do change over time. You Be do. Because you, you do emphasize you, you, you know, being able yeah. to stay with it. And yeah. talk about your daily affirmations that you talk a lot Every about. Every morning I wake media. up, I pray. I say I say affirmations. I repeat affirmations. Yeah. Because uh, it's all about re repetition is the price of learning and remembering. Repetition is the price of learning and remembering anything in life. Like catching ground balls. The only way to get good at it is to just repeat, 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 and repeat. But Rico did. Yeah, exactly. Right? So every That's morning I wake up, and you know, are there sometimes when you know I may go a week or two or three without doing that? Sometimes because life happens and things come up and personal things happen. Like my mom passed away in February, you know, two months after my sister had a stroke in yeah. December. I mean, some tough times. So those months I wasn't doing that, and you yeah. know, it, because I was, you know, you you're really reflecting and focusing, and yeah. it's it's not easy. But you know, you you got to really take time to grieve and refocus your life and. And what are we going to do now? Where are we going to go from here? And, you know, and sometimes, you know, things like that can not consciously take a back burner, but they just do. It's just how life is. But you got to consciously get back on your horse and keep moving in that direction. And, and But the book is there. The principles are there in the book that are going to help you do that. And if you can reprogram your mind, William James said, if you can change your mind, you can change your life. You just got to change your mind. You're the only one who can make Recondition the decision. Recondition the way you think. Reprogram the way you think. Yeah. It's all autonomic 
Your autonomic system is automatic. Now, you speak perfect English, well, some of us, <laughs> uh, some, some people. You speak perfect English not because you consciously learned English. It's because auto-suggestion, automatic, the people around you imprinted that on your subconscious mind and created a paradigm in your subconscious autonomic system and automatically you just learn how to walk and you learn how to talk and the language that you speak and well if you can do it once you can do it again only this time you can consciously do it once you learn the principle and, and, and if you, you can put on affirmations at night before you go to sleep and when you get into that alpha state where you're in between being awake and being asleep that's where the best reprogramming is done. And so that's, you know, I, I encourage that. And all that stuff is in here. So Yeah. You know, and the yeah. follow-up book to this is going to be coming out uh, soon, too. And that's called Pretend to Be What You Intend to Be. You have to imagine yourself being what you want to be before you can ever become that. So you have to pretend to be what, you int what you're intending to be the in your life. of visualization. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And this is coming from a theological perspective, but it's also for people who um, may choose another path than Christianity because the principles in this, in this book are, are proven and tried, and anybody can benefit from it whether you're a Christian or not. But my follow-up book is, is more secular and, and less, um, uh, you know, from a theological perspective and, and I didn't really do that on purpose. It was just, you know, I, I, I wanted to, my first time out, explain to the reader how I got into studying this and the correlations I drew from my theology background, uh, coupled with my uh, research in quantum physics, the philosophy of quantum physics and quantum entanglement and the law of attraction. The second book follows up. It's strictly the practices in about these philosophies and there's some pretty good stories in the second book too so okay. look for that that's going to be coming up and this first one was an, in, an introduction to you Basically. to everybody so yes. i mean there's a lot of biographical stuff 100 right with the yeah. the, you know, always the try to tie anything that i believe and preach about to myself because if if, if i can show you how it's happened in my life right then you're going to look at that and say, well, there's the credibility. I mean, it's, it's ha it happened to them. And you're going to be able to identify because it's probably happened to you too, a lot of the things that I talk about. So I'm really um, excited to share the knowledge with people and give them a perspective about the human mind and how, like the illumination of the human mind and how my how I perceive it. I mean, everyone, perception is 200% of reality. Mm -hmm. And, and how you perceive something is your life experience. That's right. You, you know, what you, what you choose to see, we choose to focus on. Like if you choose to see a hostile world, when you look out from behind your eyes, then your life experience is going to be one of hostility. All you're going to see is hostility from people. Why? Because it's what your focus is. It's what you're looking for subconsciously. But if you choose to see a friendly world, then you're going to see friendliness in people, even people who might not be the friendliest people. Because you're looking for friendliness, you're going to find it more often. My father always said to me when I was growing up, and I was a, an impetuous teenager, he would say to me, Ace, if you're looking for trouble, you're going to find it. If you're looking for love and peace, you're going to find that too. What, and he, always, he, was, he taught me that. What you're focusing on, what you're choosing to focus on, you're going to get more of in your life. What you focus on, you find, right? 
I found uh, another quick thing. There's so many great little stories you tell of your personal experiences, but one jumped out at me. There was a time. It's that vibrations you're talking yeah, about. People's vibra- vibrations. And negative yeah. vibrations. Yeah. And you're out with your fiance. I was out with Colleen. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody walks in. You sensed these, these two, these, negative. These two negativity. Three, it was two or three guys that walked in, and we were at the Pearl Street Station, and, and we were out, and, and – uh, and you know she was having a glass of wine, and I don't know if I was like probably drinking water or something. And so we're we're, we're sitting there, and we were just chatting. We were all for the evening, and, and we were actually on our way home. We mm. we went to dinner somewhere, and then we went for a drink. And these three guys walked in, and the, and the bar wasn't too too busy. And so when they walked, which in, is rare for Pearl Street, there, which is rare thing. for Pearl yeah. Street, thanks to Paulsolano and yeah, you know, Charlie, great you know, job, and, and Alan. Those they bring in the best food. You yeah, know, pizza's unbelievable, but um. You know, we were in there, and, and it wasn't too busy, but when these, these I don't I forget it was, if it was two or three guys. I think it was three guys. When they walked in, one guy had a tank top on and tattoos, and the energy that they were giving off, uh, it was just so negative and, and, and dark. It was a dark energy. You, you, it was so thick, you could cut it with a knife, and, and, and I felt it. And I said to Colleen, yeah, look, come on, let's get out of here. I'm like, you know. Yeah, that's good. Well, I could feel it, and yeah. I, I avoid that stuff like the plague. You know, I see that yeah. stuff. See you later. I go the other way. I'm too old for that stuff. It's you don't need it. It's, yeah, if you can solve your problems was... with 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 intellect, do it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? uh, yeah, but this go just, and this vent is somewhere. If you have to vent but, about it, go vent somewhere. <laughs> just don't solve you, you solve your problems with your intellect. Of course. Yeah. Um, Diplomatically, right? Yeah. Listen, if you'll indulge me, because uh, if I you mentioned bread of life earlier, and if I, yes, and I'd be remiss ahead. if I didn't mention our. A uh, golf tournament, which is now just 12 days away, July 29th. It's a Monday. Uh, we're still looking to get another foursome or two uh, to round out our, our group. So it's going to be a fantastic day up at Mount Hood. Um, go to our website, www.breadoflifemalden.org, um, July 29th. Um, someone someone uh, uh, told me that every Monday for the past eight Mondays have been the most beautiful day. To golf? And now, to golf. Okay. Just beautiful days. That's and, great. To golf. And so now there's only two more Mondays left. So, yeah. you know, uh, rain or shine, we go, and it's going to be a great day regardless. <coughs> but it's up at Mount Hood in Melrose. Wonderful day to go out. And, uh, and then we have a, a 19th hole barbecue social. Find out all the information on the website if you want to sign up. Uh, and golf, it's a great day. I have a story for you just really quick. Sure. I, I love golfing at Mount Hood. It's, I, I go off up there since I was a kid. And yeah. So we're up there one time, and I was with a friend of mine. And you know the Stone Tower? You of know, course. That hole? Yeah, yeah. I forget 16? what hole that is. Oh, yeah. Is it? I forget. I forget, yeah. But he goes, um, it's, a, it's a dog leg. So you got to go down, and then mm-hmm. you got to go left. So yep. my buddy's a really uh-huh. athletic kid. His name is John Sherlock, a funny, funny kid from Melrose. So, so, so Johnny says, uh, hey, Nunatic, he calls me Nunatic. That's my nickname, Johnny. He says, hey, Nunatic, he goes, I got a hole in one hand once. I go, come on. He goes, yeah, go, how'd you do it? He goes, he told me a friend that a friend of his was with him, and he told him, if you if you hit it over the trees, just over the trees is the hole. He goes, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. He goes, and you do it. So yeah, he did it, and then he showed me how to do it, and then I did it. So we go down. Now, for all I know, it could be in the woods. I have no idea because the woods are kind of thick and oh kinda, yeah, you know yeah. it's it's. But if you hit it just right. You can clear the woods. Right. And the hole is right there. That's right. It drops the right. Clean. It's screen. right there. Yeah. So, so we get down there. I was three feet from the hole. Three feet from the hole. It oh. was beautiful. It was great. 
And I go, join. you're out of your mind. He goes, Joey, he goes, I know this golf course like the back of my hand. He goes, I'm a golfer. So you, you just got to clear the brush, you the trees. You just got to clear the trees. And then, yeah. He told me what iron to shot. use, everything. Oh, wow. It was beautiful, yeah. Yeah. But I did it my first because time. Because the, the conventional way is to go hit the fairway. Yeah. And then, you know, so you're it's skipping. It's a dog two, leg. Right. You it's a dog leg. And leg. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, speaking of dogs, there's <laughs> there's another great story you mentioned in here, and, yes. I, and, and I'm not sure what principle it it pertains to, but it's, it reminded it, me of my own dog. I had my own dog, and you said, you know, your dog. The power of intent. The power of intent. The dog knows yeah. when you're leaving work and is probably waiting for you at the bottom. And I said, you know what? I, I was trying to figure out how my dog's always down there. Rupert Sheldrake's book, Work with Dogs. Yes, he talks about that, and what they did was they did an experiment, and. They, they, they put a monitor on the owner and a monitor on the dog. Right. And they, they measured the movement in the dog when the dog went to the door to wait for its owner. And every time the owner got up to head home, the dog immediately went to the door. And so they tested this, and they says, wow. But it was a, the, the, the thing is, it was a different time every day. It wasn't the same time every day that the, that the owner was right. Heading, so you couldn't had, say going to head home. Right. The dog, on a on a subatomic level, intuitively, knew when his owner was about to come home because he was connected to his owner. And quantum entanglement proved that. And that was a, one of the examples I give of quantum entanglement in the book. And 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 I give these examples in the book to show you that we have that power of intent. We're so connected to each other, it's not even funny. And it proves it. And, and, and that chapter really talks about it. And I talk about Paul DeMeo in that chapter. Oh, as yeah. Well. Another great story, Joey. Yeah. yeah and his absolutely. brother Michael uh, um, offered a, sto- the sto- a story of Paul. And he says, Why don't I do this? Because he wrote me the story about Paul. And I went, Why don't I do this? Why don't I just put you in as a contributor to that story? I said, and I'll just write what I'm going to write around it. Yeah. And it, it turned out to be a great story. And I got some pictures of Paul that his sister gave me, Diane, uh, when he was competing. And Quadzilla. Quadzilla. Right. And, uh, and I said, you know, Paul set out. There he is, right? A singleness of mind to become something that he really wanted. At the exclusion of everything else, he focused on that with a laser beam-like focus. And, and, and little by little, he got to his goal, which is a perfect example of how you can achieve your goals if you want something bad enough. And if you have the raw talent. you got to have raw talent. I mean, if you don't have raw talent, you know, you could love baseball and want to make the pros all you want, and you could do everything you can toward that. If you're not good enough, you don't have the raw talent, you're not going to become a pro baseball player. However, you might become a manager. There you go. I mean, you, you, in other words, that goal right. is going to develop somehow right. toward that goal. It's going to manifest it's itself. It's going to manifest somehow the right. best way that it knows how based on your intent. And so that chapter is a very powerful chapter as well. So. And there's a lot of powerful chapters in here, folks. Uh, Joey, we're down to our last few minutes. Yeah. Um, go to Joey's website. That's where they can. Yep, joeyvoices.com. Uh, good things are supposed to happen to you. I'm so proud of you for doing this. And they hey. will. Yeah. How how uh how about some impressions? You've been here yeah. all night. You like impressions. You had to the right, mayor. So Give me a De Niro, few. Let's uh, take Robert us out. Robert De Niro buying ice cream from Louis the Ice Cream Man. Okay, Mike, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> hey Louis. Hey Louis. 
You better have my ice cream, Louie. You better have my ice cream. I'm going to break your legs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to break your legs. I'm going to put them back together. I'll break them again. You hear me? You hear me? You always insult me with the Italian ice. <laughs> you insult me because I'm Italian. I love the Italian ice. But you know what I really like? Huh? I like the cannonball. You know why? It's got that little bitty gumball at the bottom. Thank you. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, go get my friend Joey Voices' uh, book at joeyvoices.com. Good things. I'm hearing good things. I hear good things. They're supposed to happen to you. They're happening to me. They're happening to you. Thank you very much. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Uh, we got one, one more. Joe Petsy. Joe Petsy, I'm gonna do Al Green for you. Like Al Green. Al Green, the give me Al, Al Green. Green. Oh, yeah, Al Green. Green. This is a great impression. Oh, here we go. I'm so in love with you. Whatever you want to do. Oh yeah. Is alright with me. Cause you make me feel so bad Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Funny Fantastic. how. Funny way I talk. Funny how. Fantastic. Like Gary Are you Gary's brother? Oh, here huh? we go. Your brother, Gary Sharon's here brother. Here we go. Hey, funny how. What do you think? I think Gary's probably funnier than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Thank hey, you for having me on, Michael. Hey, really, thank you. And uh, uh, thanks for promoting my book uh, and uh, my show. And uh, you know, it's, we're going to be having a big show coming up in the fall with our uh, Wicked Bites. Yes, we don't have a date yet, but it's either going to be at the China Blossom or uh, Dos Lobos in North Reading. So we do a few shows a year. So uh, look for that in the fall. So God bless you, Joey. Thank you, you for too, coming brother. on. You know, thank uh, you, your brother, man. You are and too, I'm brother. So thank proud. You. I love so your family. Love this book. Thank you. Uh, go out and get this book, folks. It's good stuff. Yes. Uh, as usual, I try to end with a quote. So in the spirit of my friend in the book he wrote, uh, this one's from Henry David Thoreau, uh, great American poet, uh, philosopher, essayist. And he says, if one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life which he has imagined, mm -hmm. he will meet with a success unexpected in common hours. Amen. Good night, Malden. God bless you. Happy summer. We'll see you next month. God bless you.